Let's just hop across to the United States of America now, shall we? Um, and have our usual conversation with Simon Marks at this time each day. And there is a major court case starting in New York City um, within the next hour or so, I think, Simon, if I've got my uh, time difference right. Um, Gillet Maxwell, will she take to the stand is one of the questions hanging in the air. It is one of the questions hanging in the air as her trial gets underway in New York, Martin, at the federal courthouse there. And there are some reports, you may have seen them in the newspapers there today, suggesting that indeed Ms Maxwell will testify in her own defence at this trial. That would be somewhat unusual, a high-stakes move, because, of course, she wouldn't just be questioned by defence lawyers, she would also then be questioned by prosecutors uh, as well, who certainly... Certainly, I think, would be eager uh, to try and entrap her as a result of any questioning uh, that she uh, faced were she to decide to testify. But we're a long way off uh, from that. This trial is beginning uh, 17 months after Ms Maxwell uh, was first detained. She and her lawyers have relentlessly complained over those 17 months about the circumstances in which she finds herself. They've made numerous attempts to try and get her released on bail. All of them have failed as a result partly of the gravity uh, of the sex trafficking and abuse charges uh, that she faces in this courthouse relating, of course, to her friendship uh, with the disgraced uh, and now deceased paedophile financier Jeffrey Epstein. So uh, this is going to be a a, a dramatic court case. There's no question about that. And one in which uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyers say that she recognises that she's essentially fighting uh, for her life. She faces uh, a maximum possible sentence of 40 years if she's convicted on all charges Uh, and judging by the relentless efforts that her lawyers have made uh, to claim that the conditions uh, in the detention centre where she's been held are subhuman, the food is inedible, uh, there are COVID-19 restrictions in place, she says, that means that she can't even sit alongside her lawyers and look at their laptop uh, when they are planning their defence with her uh, at the detention facility. Instead, she has to sit opposite them. She's clearly deeply, deeply troubled and unhappy by the uh, situation in which she finds herself. And, of course, it is a situation dramatically at odds with the opulent and wealthy lifestyle that, as uh, the daughter of the late newspaper titan uh, Robert Maxwell, she has enjoyed throughout her life. So uh, all sorts of interesting in this on both sides of the Atlantic. Questions still uh, about uh, the allegations that some of these uh, crimes took place uh, in the United Kingdom uh, and questions obviously about whether any of the testimony at this trial is going to touch on Ms Maxwell's uh, friendship uh, with the Duke of York who of course strenuously uh, denies accusations that he's facing in a civil lawsuit uh, relating to Jeffrey Epstein. But it all kicks off uh, in New York uh, within the next hour or so. Okay, Simon, we should talk Omicron, of course we should, and how it's going to affect the United States. Um, in the early, in your early hours, um, just a couple of hours back here in the UK, we were hearing from the World Health Organization once again, quite a, a strong criticism for the rest of the world with the wealthy nations vaccinating their populations once, twice, maybe three times, while there are parts of the globe with no vaccination at all. And And that's one of the criticisms that is aimed in part at Joe Biden and the United States. 
Yeah, and there's real fury uh, coming in the direction of Joe Biden and other governments around the world from the president of South Africa, Cyril Ramaphosa, who's arguing that the travel bans that have been implemented are a complete overreaction uh, to a strain of COVID-19 that, as we heard over the weekend uh, from the doctors who first identified it in South Africa, uh, so far has only uh, shown up in relatively mild cases. Uh, I mean, to some extent, the Biden administration is stuck between a rock and a hard place on this. Uh, I mean, they've implemented a travel ban, but it's only just come into force. They gave travellers 72 hours from Southern Africa to get to the United States between the time in which President Biden announced the travel ban was coming and the point at which the doors were shut. And the doors, by the way, are not entirely closed. If you're an American citizen or a green card holder in Southern Africa, you can still come back to the United States with just a negative COVID test before you travel absolutely no need for mandatory quarantine Uh, but equally the criticism of the biden administration is well if you're terminating flights from south africa and southern africa why aren't you terminating flights from the netherlands where we know that omicron is already uh you know walking through towns and cities or the uk or belgium or the uk or now canada which has identified the first cases president biden will be meeting his covid19 response team at the white house today remember he's just back from that extended Thanksgiving holiday break that he took in Nantucket. So the timing of all of this was complicated. A large number of government officials suddenly having to scrap their Thanksgiving plans and react to Omicron in real time. Uh, Let's see what we hear from the White House, not just today, but we know that the president's going to be speaking about COVID publicly uh, later in the week. It's clearly going to be a dominant issue here over the next several days. And the various um, other parts of government at state level as well. The governor of New York, um, he's what he, he's called it a state of emergency, has he? Uh, yes, she. Uh, oh, I beg your pardon. The new governor of New York, who of course has taken over from him, Andrew <laughs> Cuomo, uh, yes. who uh, slunk off in disgrace. Uh, he yes, departed the stage, didn't he? That's <laughs> right. Indeed, yes. He departed stage left. Kathy uh, Hochul declaring a state of emergency. I mean, a little bit of uh, Dad's Army about that. You know, don't panic, Mister Mannering. Um, in practice. <laughs> terms, it means that the state's health department uh, will be able to protect hospital capacity. It means they're going to limit non-essential and non-urgent care until at least January the 15th. Uh, and hospitals with uh, less than 10% staffed bed capacity uh, will be authorised to screen patients and restrict admissions to keep beds open for the most urgent cases. But again, everyone here is reacting at the moment to something that hasn't yet happened. And the real question that we face here in the United States and you face in the UK is what does this look like in two weeks' time? Uh, Are we going to be able to say by then that in fact it does seem that the vaccines have substantial efficacy against this variant? Or is the worst case scenario very much being fuelled, I think it's fair to say, by the uh, head of Moderna who keeps talking about this as being the Frankenstein variant? I mean, he's very much the you should panic mr mannery yes um uh, you know which of these two narratives uh, is going to turn out to be factually correct is it, it going to evade the vaccines or is it not that's the big question and i'm afraid we all have to wait until we uh, find out the answer to that indeed so busy news day ahead simon marks thank you very much indeed joining us live from washington this is lbc news